This is a FUBAR Radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com. Tuesday Takeover with Elf Lions on FUBAR Radio. Hello, listeners. So, from the mysterious allure of Tom York's soundtrack in Suspiria to the nostalgia-inducing work of John Williams, we all have our favourites when it comes to film soundtracks. John Williams had the ability to scare us from all going in the water in 1975 with Jaws, and most hotel corridors are terrifying if you imagine Wendy Carlos and Rachel Elkins' infamous The Shining soundtrack playing behind you. That's what you can currently listen to right now. Music has the ability to transform a moment, and I think we can all agree, make or break a film. Thus, as one unknown person famously quipped, everyone has one great book in them, I believe we all have one great film, and this is what I'm keen to find out. So, I'm going to now take this very eerie music away. Welcome to my Tuesday Takeover. This is Elf Lyons. I'm in charge of Fubar Radio for the next two hours. I am very excited. I have had some beta blockers, and I have eaten quite a lot of chocolate. And I have the wonderful guest, Johnny Wu, who is just sashaying over on the other side of me. Am I sashaying? I'm kind of like... um Fist pump in the air. Your fist ex- pump in, in the air. You look so excited. I'm very excited. Um, so Johnny Wu, I've invited him because I love him and he's brilliant. And this is it. He has an unlimited budget to make his dream film. He could have perhaps already made this film. This film could have already won all the Oscars or all the awards in the world. I don't know. It's totally up to Johnny. So from the dream actors, dream cast, director, background, whatever, the choice is yours. Uh, beforehand, Johnny sent us some tracks. And um, he's going to now take us through this film. Oh, my God. This is, this is the thing. I don't think I read the email properly. Because when <laughs> okay. you said it, just said you've got unlimited budget, um, you know, awards and this, I immediately go low budget. Maybe this is, this is a default setting in my life. Um, it's, it's not actually a default setting at the moment because I'm in the middle of trying to get a new bathroom and I've gone for really expensive marble tiles. <gasps> but in terms of kind of this kind of art kind of thing, I've immediately gone for low budget. Low I budget think, Brit. I think that's because you're an artist because, because we're so artist. used to going, we couldn't possibly perform in a nice room with central heating and I air conditioning. Know. No, because we're, we're so used to performing in damp basements. But no, exactly. you can be wherever but, you want to be, you Johnny. Know, I think, but I think if we start, if we're starting off low budget and then as the film progresses we'll find out those moments when we get the way maybe during the course of production we suddenly get these kind of like random um, injections of cash it's sort of like i'm not sure if you've ever seen the twilight films um i once went and saw them all back to back at midnight at the bfi and it was best decision i've ever made wow but the one where bella is pregnant they have clearly spent all the budget on making her look pregnant with a vampire baby wow it just it looks like she's got scurvy wow but all the money's gone on the money's gone on making someone look pregnant that's fantastic yeah, you can probably they, do that for free they could have probably done that i know <laughs> might people take nine do months the, but yeah <laughs> i know people do the ed fringe so much better than they did in that yeah. um yes so tell me a bit about uh what are your favorite films okay my favorite films are i know what these films are very clear secrets and lies 
on which um, it's going to feature a lot. Mm-hmm. Mike Lee, that is definitely one of my favourite films. I watched it very recently. It's very hard to kind of find, actually. I, when you, it was very hard to find on DVD and um, when everyone was watching DVDs. And it's quite tricky to find. It's not, not like on Netflix, but I found it on Amazon. Um, um, <laughs> it's a Mike Lee film. Whenever I watch it, you laugh, you cry. It's kind of like... The great thing about Mike Lee is that he's kind of... Um, He's really good at capturing this kind of like incessant chitter chatter of kind of people. And when I go home to my parents, I kind of it feels like I'm in a Mike Lee film. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like whispering, and nothing's actually being said, and nothing's actually happening. But beneath it, you know, there's a big fat skeleton in the closet. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of like that's one of my favourite films. The other one is Billy Elliot. <gasps> so we might get some Billy Elliot in. I didn't even think of that. Billy Elliot, you know, dancing. And you're a fantastic dancer. Oh, thanks. You are incredible. <laughs> like for anyone who's not seen Johnny Wood perform, he is you just you're a polymath of skills oh. aren't you you're like a drag extraordinaire well we're going to bring them all into this film bring today them all into this and film. my other the other film which I really love there's a couple more which I said <laughs> but I don't know how we'll fit this in is Dogville Dogville the Dogville last which is the last one Trier's where he, he kind of like um, painted the set on the floor of the studio in Lyons which is an actually an incredible idea have you seen it yeah oh I, had my god. To, I had to it's, study Lars von Trier oh my god it's absolutely amazing isn't it um, Nicole Kidman is cold and icy she play, she's the victim but you kind of like you kind of wanted to get it you just be mm-hmm. like yeah get it <laughs> and then she's kind of that when she's dragging around that metal hoop dragging mm-hmm. it about and the kids are and it has Paul it, Bettany in it as well does it Paul Bettany in it as well um, the problem with Lars von Trier is he's known for making his actors never want to work with him ever again uh, like Bjork after Dancer in the Dark was said that she would now never perform in any films because it was so horrific you know to what, work who, with who, what, what, Lauren Bacall I think she did both I think she did too she did she, she did well that and then she did Mandalay ah, but she, you, only, she only had a very small part in Mandalay I remember I had to go on a terrible date I didn't know it was going to be a terrible date at the time but I went on this date with this man and he um, we went to ZZ's which is fine Blimmin' love a pizza but he ordered for me he ordered on my behalf. He said, "You won't know what's good to eat because you're without you even kind of like yeah, your palate's not yet because he was slightly older." Oh my god, how old so, was he? Um, oh, it doesn't matter. How old were you? I was I was about eighteen, nineteen. Okay. And he was, you know, he was pizza. What can be? What can your palate not recognise on a pizza? I know. Well, th- I, I think it's fair and to cheese. say he wasn't the best guy. And yeah. then he said, "Well, because uh, you know, I think it's only fair that you get to pick the film." And so there were lots of different films on, and I just went, I really want us to go and see Antichrist by Lars von Trier, which, if you've ever seen it, there's a beautiful scene where a woman cuts a man's penis off, I think. It's either that or another part of his genitals. It was quite squeamish, but... I thought it sort of subtly got the message across that. Oh, that's a perfect. That's a perfect a date really, movie. If they yeah. can survive that, you know, you, you might. You, might you know, he's one. the one. Yeah, I've only seen a couple. Of, I've only seen a few Lars von Trier's, but Dogville is one of my favourite films. Uh, Wizard of Oz, of course. Yeah. it's there. Wizard of Oz is there. The Hours, I love. You're talking about soundtracks, actually, and The Hours has got a, um, a killer soundtrack. Um, I feel like anything you put Meryl Streep in anything, and it's a safe space. You know yeah, you're going to get guess. the drama. You're going to get some really beautiful piano and cello music in the background. You're going to get a fantastic speech. But that's a, but that's a good. That's a good film. And Julianne Moore is amazing in it. And yeah. Tony Collette is just so. Are, are, the, good are in they all going to make an appearance in this film? Let's get them all you're, in. Let's get them all. Maggie so, Smith has to get, get, get in here too. Okay, so let's. Well, let's crack how. on first of all with your film in oh. Mike Lee inspired. You are the Mike director. Mike Lee inspired. What is the title of your film, Johnny? Oh, I didn't know we had to have a title. You have to have a title. I put um, you on the spot. Oh, my secrets. <laughs> um, 
My dad's an Elvis and Presley impersonator. My dad's an Elvis Presley impersonator. Yeah, beautiful. That all comes out. That all comes out. Okay. So this 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 film is kind of based based loosely on true factual information. It's, so it's would you quite, say this is a semi autobiographical? It's semi autobiographical, and there's some there are some secrets in here. There are some big there's a, well there's a big family secret in here. So people who um who followed your oeuvre of work, they'll come and see this oeuvre. film for the first time at the Curzon at the Prince Charles, oh, and they'll go, yes. "Wow, Sundance, this explains so much Venice. about." Johnny. Film festival. Okay, and who are the cast? So, is it is there a, is the title protagonist? Is it you, Johnny? Oh God, I am the title. I am the main character. Who can play me? Help me out here. Who's 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 gonna who's gonna play me? Because it's, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be about sixteen, sixteen, seventeen. Who's who like a sixteen? Who's like a sixteen, seventeen-year-old actor? I'm, I'm trying to think about who would be good at dancing. I mean, if we're putting ballet into it, my immediate thought is the gentleman who plays Gendry in Game of Thrones, yeah. um, because he's young, he's boy. She's charming. Yeah. Um, but then I, I'm not then sure. I need, I need, so, so it's me, a me, kind of like a 16, 17 year old me, and an 18, 19 year old sister. Okay. I don't know who the you know, young things are. Who's the one? Who, who's, who's the who's the Hunger Games actress? What's her name? What's her name? Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. She can play my sister. Jennifer Lawrence Let's have Jennifer playing your sister. Playing maybe, my sister. Maybe like a young Kevin Bacon from Footloose could play oh, him. No, no, no. He's very. He's quite good looking. How about, how, do, how about Eddie Redmayne? Eddie Redman. Eddie Redman. Eddie is playing a young you. So Eddie Redman when he was sixteen, when he played that. in that film where he played Julianne Moore's incestuous son. Yeah, that sort of uh, picture. Let's, let's have him. He can play me. And what's the name? We should we should write write these things down so we remember who's playing I'm, who. I'm so a professional. Get, I'm a professional. I know remember. what I'm doing. Okay, and I know what the opening scene is already. Okay, so I know what me, the opening so scene this is. comes to uh, we know what the opening track is. Yeah. Shout to the top by shout the star. To, shout to the top by the star. Which we're going to play in a minute. Um, but please explain. So this track comes on. What is happening? Opening is scene. Happening? My sister, who in the eighties at the time was a mod. Mm -hmm. So and you know, and there's this really cool picture of me and my um, sister when we we're kind of like sixteen, seventeen. It's the only decent picture we've got out of us on holiday. And my sister's got this kind of like beautiful kind of like um, shoulder length bob. And she's wearing like a um, like a cycling top, you know, with the kind of like the, the red white. It's a mm -hmm. white cycling top with the red and blue stripes on it. She's wearing a pair of kind of um, she's paying a wear of kind of like um, dog tooth capri pants okay. or something, or kind of like you know with the, or the ones with the, like the stirrups on, mm -hmm. and was it kind of a little bit of a mod look, and she's kind of a bit like that. And I'm kind of wearing this. Um, she's leading casually. She's so cash, and I'm wearing this sort of sort of kind of like capped sleeve little kind of like grey and pink sort of t-shirt with a pair of pale grey pleated front dress trousers on okay how cool is that and I've got this kind of flicky sort of hair it's the only time we've ever looked cool ever in a picture we always look terrible but anyway so that's what we're doing and it's in my sister's bedroom says so um, blue carpet pink carpet um, it and change. she's it change. and she's teaching me Maybe maybe we keep going around the house and there's different carpet in every room. And we go in the bathroom and there's carpet in the bathroom. So it's slightly stylized. You go from stylized, one room stylized, and there's red stylized carpet. Chins, stylized chins. Perfect. A stylized chins. So my sister is teaching me how to dance like a mod to the style council. So that's the opening scene. So this is a dance sequence. Montage. And it was like this. If, you, if, you, if anyone's watching. If anyone like, can see like what he's doing, he's sort of she'd shuffling backwards and forwards with teach, and you, muscular and you kind of, arms. Yeah. So that's how, that's how it's going to be. I've been very skinny arms at the time. And I've been like that. 
And so that's happening. So it's setting up in Mike Lee films. You get you get thrown into action straight away. Thrown into you action. Just, it just happens. And it's joyful. And we're seeing the youth. We're seeing siblings connecting. Siblings in... connecting. It's kind of sort of bickering a little bit at the same time. And um, there's probably an adamant um, kind of like record in the corner because she had also had an extra really into adamant. Well, who isn't but, into adamant? Oh, Derek, I know, right. When he's in Derek Jarman's Jubilee as but well. But that was a bit early. Maybe kind of like the style council coming a bit later for her. And mum's downstairs making dinner. So you kind of have mum, dad's coming in, he's coming in from the garden. So you kind of got you're, you're the, ca- the camera's moving around. Maybe maybe it's a, conti- maybe it's a continuous camera following Who, us about. Who's playing your mother? I sort of. Oh, Judy Dench. Judy Dench. Yeah. Judy Dench. Young Judy Dench. Because I young think Judy my Dench. mum looks a bit like Judy Dench anyway. So for the listeners who are about to play the first track but of who's this. Who's going to play film? my dad? Who's going to play who, my dad? Who, do, who plays your dad? Uh, 50, 60 year old actor. Timothy Spall, maybe? No. Oh, very, very um, Mike Lee. Yeah, Timothy Spall really is evident, Mike Lee. Mike Lee. Oh, or, maybe or, my mum's played by what's her name? Beverly. What's her name? Oh, oh yeah, come on, come on, come on. I don't know. Come I on, someone's got to find this out for us. All I can think of is Leslie Manville because of... Oh, I love uh, Leslie Manville. I she's great. She's absolutely fantastic. I don't know if she, she can was play in... my mum. She might have to come later. Who played Who played Beverly in Abigail's Party? Who is it? Blease, Blice something. Oh, goodness. I can't hear... I haven't got my headphones don't on. Don't worry about it. Well, don't worry about on. it. We'll, no, get, we'll get there. Will... We'll get there. Ivor Steadman. Uh, Alison Stedman. Stedman, there we go. There I we like go. Ivor Stedman, though, as well. Maybe Ivor Stedman's got a bit part. Okay, so... Alison Stedman's my mum, Timothy Spall's my dad. Um, what's her name? Lawrence, Jennifer Lawrence is Jennifer my sister. <laughs> and I'm being played by Eddie Redder, my mum. Fantastic, with that note... And they're dancing the... around to dance to the top. Um, shout to the top. By the star Let's capsule. go. So that is the opening track of your film. Shout to the top for anyone listening now. This is like Desert Island Discs, but with cinema. And we've got the amazing drag superstar cult hero that is Johnny Woo. Cult hero! Talking us about his dream <laughs> film. So that was the opening sequence, the dance montage. The dance sister. montage. The dance montage um, in the film... My dad is an Elvis Presley impersonator. Fantastic. But not just dance montage, but we were kind of, there was this kind of like whispering chat going on. That's the thing about Mike Lee. There's just, just this banal banter that happens. It's and inaudible, but it's human. It's audible, comes go, in oh, and out. And then mum, mum's like, oh, come on, everyone's downstairs for dinner. I'm like, oh, what's, for, what's for dinner? She's like, oh, it's mince and gravy. Like, oh, no, not mince and gravy. And then Jeff, my dad comes in, played by Timothy Spall, and he's kind of like washing kind of like paintbrushes in the sink. And he's like, oh, Jeff, why are you washing paintbrushes in the sink? Oh, I've got to wash the paintbrushes in the sink because I otherwise they're dirty oh but we can have dinner in a minute so it's all that kind of chat and then it cuts to and I'm even thinking but wait a minute I've added another element okay like, this doesn't usually happen in a Mike Lee but we can go a bit into the void here I don't know if mm-hmm. you've seen that movie which is really yeah. really weird or I've filmed a film called Irreversible which is really heavy and really hardcore but the okay. film techniques are interesting yes. because it's like you know when they have a, like a continuous kind of camera that follows you absolutely everywhere and goes mm-hmm. in and out we've got a bit sort of that sort of going like on. Birdman Yes, yeah, a bit well, of the camera answer. never cuts, it seems. OK, so we're setting it up, we're setting it up, and this leads into Mike Lee-inspired Happy Go Lucky, which is about driving, and me and my dad have a driving te- lesson, and me and my dad used to uh, realistically kind of argue and fight continuously to the point where we, we almost came to fisticuffs, but we used to really fight. But this could be like a sort of um, funny family kind of thing where I, you get to see me and my dad driving, and I can remember I was, I was a little bit dyslexic when it came to driving, so I couldn't tell my left and right. Mm-hmm. So he'd say go left and I'd go right or left and he'd say speed up and I'd 
put the brakes on or he'd say brake and I'd put my foot on the gas. Because and then, you're intimidated because it's your dad teaching you to drive. I who is the worst teacher than your own parent? And, and there was definitely a time when he was like, he said to me, we are coming up to a, um, a roundabout and he said, go straight over at the roundabout. And I drove around <laughs> over the roundabout. <laughs> <laughs> and what music is in the background? Do you remember? What Cecilia. Cecilia. Cecilia so by Simon, uh, um, Simon and Garfunkel because that was that was serious. So as you're driving in the roundabout, the roundabout, this is going on and it's coming in and out. So we've got this funny little thing going on. We, we, we're kind of whispering on and we just kind of start. And um, maybe in this, maybe in this, while this is kind of whip, it comes out that my dad isn't my biological father. Which is true, and he knows that. It's not a secret, and it's like a... This is not like a big um, family kind of, like, secret. It's, it's true. So, um, but I think in terms of narrative, a film is quite a good humdinger, isn't it, to knock it to... In the first act as well. In the first act, it comes out straight away. You're, you're not my dad. I say And it's like... Oh, blah, blah, blah. And then we have some silly conversation about that. Um, but we've planted it. We've planted, planted the seed, the seed the of him not, him not being my dad. Okay, and so is that the end of that scene? That is the end of that scene. So I've driven over. We've had an, we've had an argument, and um, then I go to um, then I go to then I go to work. Well, and where do you work at the time? The, I think the next day I'm, cut to cut. I'm working at Woolworths, okay. of course, on Chatham High Street. It's true. It's true. In the eighties, I was a Saturday supervisor. So that's and pretty impressive. How old were you? I was sixteen. Sixteen and a supervisor. And I had about, I had, I had a big, big kind of like um, bunch of keys, mm -hmm. and I'd be walking, I'd be strutting up and down mm -hmm. on the kind of like the sort of. It wasn't even laminate flooring then, wasn't it? It was kind of a plastic wood flooring. Linoleum. Is that what it is? No, well, linoleum is actually quite posh because I just. See, actually, I just love the word linoleum. Yeah, because I'm actually trying to get doing my flat, flat at the moment, and linoleum is quite expensive because it's a natural fibre. That's so. Did that's you why you've gone that? to marble. Did you know it was a natural fibre? No, I did it's not. It's actually all natural. See, for the listeners, you're not just learning about cinema and music; yeah. you're also learning about basic. So Woolworths, you'd be going tips. up and down. You'd be going up and down in Woolworths, and you'd have nylon trousers, nylon shirt, nylon tie. Completely flammable. And you know what? And you know what? This is actually true too. It's, it's full of truth. It's full of truth. And my friend Laura Hobbs was working with me at the time. She can be played by who? What? Oh, that new one who's just won the won the um, Olivia the Coleman? BAFTA. No, Olivia Coleman, a young Olivia. Olivia a Coleman. young Olivia Coleman. Yeah, is playing she was. Yeah, she is perfect. She is perfect. Laura Hobbs. And who can play? Friend. Who can play my owl? Kind of like um, who can play the manager? Who can play the shop shop manager? Big burly guy. Um, what's his name? What's his um, name? What's his name? What's his name? Oh, the one who's in with glasses. He's um, he plays everybody who's old in British films. He was in Jim Broadbent. Yes. For anyone who's listening, by the way, if you want to like tweet into Football Radio <laughs> or email us at Tuesday Takeover with your suggestions, if you think that Johnny is missing out on a key British actor, who Jim Broadbent is the owner of the store. It's a cameo for him. Leslie Manville still not to come in, and I fancy the security guard is who's it? played by. Um, I don't oh, know what you're I know what I'm um, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. And yes, because he is an underrated performer. And I can remember I actually did find the security guard. He was really so, dorky and had a really long nose. So did you know you were definitely gay at this point? Oh, absolutely. And the day I'm actually working is it's um it's kind of it's kind of fancy dress day and me and Laura have decided to swap uniforms. I'm just as Laura in like a like an apron and she's in my outfit and whilst I'm up the stairs putting up a fitting someone comes and pinches my bum because it's the 80s and you still did that yeah. and says to Laura oh um, is this like when you have to have um, a certain amount of disabled people in the shop meaning do we have to have a certain amount of transgender people working for Woolworths they probably wouldn't have known transgender at the time so probably just a transvestite yeah. that actually happened
So it's sort of introducing as well, you know, sexuality into the sexuality. mix. Finding a place where you fit but in I'm your fun. home. No, I'm fun. You're fun. You're I'm happy. Fun. And, you I've know, got responsibility. I'm Sally Hawkins and Happy Go Lucky. In life. It's fun. I've got friends. I've kind of like and during this all scene, this kind of what stuff. What is being played in the background? Warrior and Woolworths, of course. So perfect, but also because it's got a bit of a beat. I think yeah. of, and then all these points. <clears throat> I think there are dance elements. I'm seeing dance. We start off dancing, doing the maybe, mod. and maybe it's a little bit. Maybe there's that kind of like sort of Lars von Trier's "Dance from the Darky" vibe of how the, all these little bits of musical were coming in. Oh, hindsight, have you seen the favourite? There is a beautiful moment when Olivia, when Rachel Weiss is da dancing with Joe Alwyn together, and suddenly, despite the fact that you know it's in the olden days, because oh, I can't remember the actual period of time, they're all voguing. Yes. It's sort of adding little modern elements into the you know the so, past. So I'm thinking. Archive. So I'm thinking the Woolworth scene becomes a big dance scene, so and it goes in there, and it goes out into Chatham High Street, and then everyone's dancing to Warrior and Woolworths. Woolworths. Fantastic. Yeah. Again, a bit like Lars von Trier dancing in the dark when there's that sequence, and Bjork dances with the corpse in her house while she's yes, singing. Yes, and I have a conversation in the um, and someone buys, someone buys an Elvis Presley record, <gasps> and is this when? And I kind of think, and then we have a sudden, we have a sudden flashback scene. We have a sudden flashback scene to when I'm in the loft looking through old photos for pictures of my real dad because I never actually saw one, and that's actually true also. And I come, come across some old photos, and I think one of them looks a bit like Elvis Presley. So I kind of start fantasizing that my dad's Elvis Presley. It's a bit of a tangent, but I had to get it in. Oh, it's perfect. Is this the moment when Always On My Mind by Elvis Presley comes in, or is no, that No, because later? there's a big, there's a big reveal later there's on. There's a big reveal. So there's that's a in big the third reveal act. later on. So, it, so this, but then, but then, but then, but then, but then, after I've gone, after I've gone, being dressed as kind of Laura Hobbs, I get back into my normal clothes, and I go and meet um, my first shag and have sex for the first time <gasps> with a guy called Peter Hook, who is real, and he was the. Um, he was the rehearsal pianist at the Kentish Players Amateur Operatic and Dramatic Society. This is very much becoming into an autobiographical. It's totally autobiographical. It's like reenactment. Well, I'm writing my own book, so now I'm making the film. Brilliant. And what's the sound? Is there a soundtrack? When you're it's two a are, sin. It's a sin when it's you're taking sin. off each other's clothes. Are we going to play the full track? It's a sin. Yes, let's yes. listen to it. Let's listen so to it all. this is the first but, time but, you have but sex. But can, can, can we kind of um, add some kind of like scene directions during the song? Of course yeah, we okay. can. You're in charge. Okay. This is, you know, you've seeing each other in their eyes. There's some sexual kind of So I've already... <clears throat> so basically, do you want me to, 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 to tell you how we came about having my first rendezvous with Peter Hook? Of course. I'm actually trying to hunt him down. He lives in a water tower in Faversham. So, Peter, if you're listening, if you could just tweet in or email us now. If anyone knows Peter, um, that'd be fantastic if we can perhaps get him and Johnny together. I was 16, he was 28. At the time, okay. he wouldn't let me tell anyone because the age of was 21. OK, he lured me back to his water tower by finding out that I did A-level history. OK, I and he said know that, what you were going to say then. He said yep. that he did history too, and I should go back and um, if I needed help with an essay. And was he lying? Was this just a It's chatter? true, but I got an E for the essay. This is so... That's so Mike Lee. It's so banal. It's untrue. 
and um, what happens there should be sort of some. Is, does this become a dance, a dance piece? Maybe oh, you're no just swaying very slowly together, and it's sort of like if we're adding in dreamscape, a bit like in Labyrinth with David Bowie and Jennifer Connelly when they're dancing together in that glow, and they keep on looking at each other, and you're walking around the space, and perhaps he keeps on quoting dates and times at you from historical. And periods. I think, and I think because it was a start of a, it was a start of sexual relationship, and I kind of saw him a few times, so that throughout the course of the song, we, we, I actually come to and fro, so we go back to Woolworths, I'm telling my friends about shagging this guy, and he drives a Jaguar, by the way, and he's a property developer, and he's got a fridge full of champagne, it's all true, fridge full of champagne, but I, I think my life's actually the only interesting thing. And That's why you're making a film about it. And do you know what, I'm making a film about it, and I didn't want champagne, do you know what I wanted? Orange juice. Martini Rosso. Of course he did. Martini Rosa, and so he went and bought... He's still wearing nylon he, at this point. He went and bought all the Martini versions of Martini out there when, <gasps> when I next went round. And so are we cutting in between you making out, making love to each other, and then cutting So I'm enjoying everyone. it, so I'm enjoying it, so I'm, I'm telling people um, all about it. Oh, so who's playing him? Who's playing him? Who's playing my lover? Um, who's playing my lover? Goodness, I don't know. Uh, Do you know what? I'm going to go mad. Mercury. I'm going to go mad. I'm going to go absolutely mad with this one. You know what? I'm going to okay. go really off-piece. Yeah, go for it. Lou Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno played the Incredible Hulk. But when he was young and as a bodybuilder, he was really, really good-looking. And I might actually have to kind of body-double up. I will body-double up on the scenes when Eddie Redmamame is having sex with Peter Hook, played by Lou Ferrigno, so that I can actually be the one actually having sex with Lou Ferrigno. OK, so we actually get Luther for this production. We actually didn't. It's actually, actually me having How sex How old is Luther now? Lou. Lou. He'd probably be about 70-odd. But you know what? That adds to but the reality gone, of this. Because what also, is age? What and is no, gender? But also, we've got to remember, we're just going in and out of time here. We've actually gone back in time. I've got, I've got so much money, I'm able to cryogenically bring back people into their heyday. And why shouldn't you? So there you go. It's a bit of if a weird one. My, but do you I, know what? Uh, yep. Peter Hook actually looked a bit like, just so you know who he is, he looked very much like Roland Riveron. I do not know who that Roland is. Roland Riveron was from Raw Sex, the, you know, the, the, the duo from um, French and Saunders' show. You know, there's the music duo. No. Okay. I, I, I will say now for the listeners, there is an age difference between Johnny and I, because Johnny is a grown-up adult man who has lived, and I haven't seen and things... And you like have barely tasted pizza. I've barely tasted pizza. I don't know. It's that, easy it's too much for know, me. You actually do not know what mozzarella is. I don't know what mozzarella you is. Have it's no, just, you have not had the anchovy on your tongue. It's just white cheddar to me. Yeah. So, we're going to fade this song out now. So, <laughs> uh, to be honest, I like the fact that you think Lou Ferrigno is the weirdest choice when we've already got Keanu Reeves playing a security playing guard, security which isn't guard. even a title role in this film. It's a minor scene. Okay. And, okay, we're just about to go for the, the drama now. Okay, what's happening now? I come home really late. Are you drunk? Lou Ferrigno, yes. Let's be drunk. Um, a bit aggressive. So, the conflict in... Uh, What's uh, there's a room for Romeo Brass when suddenly the friendship starts to falter and splinter. Mm. Paddy Considine's getting in the way. Mm. You come home, you're drunk, you're late, mm. you've had loads of sex with Lou. My dad's locked the front door. <sighs> because he's still angry because right? he's going over the roundabout. No, because we, we, we've, gone, we've, got, we've jumped ahead by about six months now. He's just tired of me coming home late. Yeah. It's, it's banal, remember, it's Mike Lee. Everything is banal. Mm -hmm. Everything is really everyday. I can't, my sister's somewhere. I don't know what's going on. I don't know where the family are. Anyway, we have a massive row chasing me, chasing me around the garden with a slipper. With a slipper? Yeah. Okay. What type? 
for the visual. Mark Spencer's. Mark Spencer's. Mark Spencer's kind of slipper. And he's just, and Timmy Spore's running around after Eddie Ramming going, You don't respect me. Yeah. You don't respect the family. Massive row. Massive round. Mum comes out. She's kind of like, Judy Dench comes out. She's got oh, her hair and curls. Oh, no, she's got curls because she's just had a new Afro perm. Oh, she knew. Has she got the lilac hair of the time? I seem to remember. She's not that old. She's not, well, I don't know. She'd have been about 48. 48, yeah. She could have lilac hair if she wants to. <laughs> Do you want her to have lilac hair? I think visually, if we're really pushing maybe the boat and we've cryogenically brought back Lou, I think Judy Gents should have lilac maybe hair. My hair keep, maybe her hair keeps changing colour, like the horse of a different colour in The Wizard of Oz. And all the halls, the carpet keeps on changing. Yeah, that has, has to keep, that has to keep happening. Keep, and it's so bright and it's showing the beauty, the visceral, saturated nature of your life as a young 16-year-old gay boy working in Woolworths, meeting these men, having these amazing experiences. I run away. I've had enough. And I've, I've said, and I've said again, you're not my real dad. And my dad says something like, well, if you don't like this dad, go and find your real one. And my mum says, don't tear this family apart. She said that before. Um, it's a recurring thing. <laughs> and my sister can't be bothered. And she's like, oh, God. And she's put on some style council or something. Um, and I run away. And the music at this point? Um, is there music? Okay. The going to London music. Going to London music. Oh, I know, I know what. Just, just for lols, just for lols, because it's such a stupid song. Um, let's listen to Beep Beep. Beep Beep. Beep Beep, which beep. is by Tight Fit. It's the B-side to The Lion Sleeps Tonight. This is a little clip of Beep I have Beep. To, I have to hear it for a bit. So okay, because that because that's, because that's me calling home. They're not picking up or they're trying to call me, but of course they have no mobile phone, so they don't really know. We're trying to get in contact with me, but it's not working. Okay. I land up in Charing Cross. You land up in Charing Cross. Now we're in fantasy. Bag. Now we're in fantasy land. This didn't and happen. This is something like, uh, yeah, Wizard of Oz. You turn up and everyone is in beautiful clothes. Are they? It seems, oh, it could be. I don't know. I'm giving you ideas. No, I think it's a bit rough to start off with. I'm your young intern on the I think it's. A, I think it's a bit rough to start off with. Okay. It's realist. Okay. Gritty. City buildings. So there's no colour. Maybe it's no, it's black and white. We've gone into black and white. Like the Wizard of Oz, yeah. We've okay. gone actually into black and white, and it's really not what I thought it was going to be. Um, I don't know if there's any music to go with this actually. Um, let's we'll go have to a look. next scene. Look. Okay, well, the ne okay. The next scene is not very difficult because I think the next scene involves me kind of like. Um, finding a load of. Um, I, I kind of like land up in Kabul city. Living in cardboard city, feeling hungry, feeling... Oh, I had to sing that once that. for a school charity to raise money for the new hall. And then one year... I Did had you get to any money? I can't remember. Then one year I had to do a striptease to... Um, oh, what's it called? Cabaret. Um, a striptease? What, a school? At school, and we did it to raise money for a local chapel. Cool there were 15 of us. Well, it's because they got a new aerobics instructor, and she said, oh, I want to... Can I direct the new dance for the show but she hadn't really spoken to any of the actual teachers about it so she got five of us in corsets and mini skirts and like it was really quite sexually aggressive anyway we actually brought in quite a lot of money that year so don't like the sound of that Kabul City <laughs> anyway. loads of, we can have loads of different people cameoing now mm -hmm. it's kind of hard I'm like oh I'm kind of regretting being 
having left home, mm -hmm. um, I'm kind of, it's sad. This is kind of like a sad, with this kind of a sad moment. I'm all alone. It's all very black and white. Um, walking along thing is, do I, be, I must, I should befriend someone, shouldn't I? I should befriend some people. Because at the moment, you know. <clears throat> I feel like I need a plethora of cards. Leslie Manville, I think, well, I need to, I need to befriend her just gratuitously. She comes in, she sees you, she goes, are you all right, love? Like no, she goes, all right, love, how are you? She's, chew she's chewing gum or something. Mm -hmm. All right, how are you? You look all on your own, aren't you? Why don't you come over here and hang out with us? And then there's loads and loads of other famous people. Name some. Danny DeVito. Yep, he's da there. He's there. Danny DeVito's there. Um, oh, we've got to have um, Marlon Brando. Absolutely. Marlon Brando is just an old man. No, young Marlon Brando. Oh, course. young Marlon. Playing yeah. the drums. Good percussionist. It, it yeah, wasn't yeah, really used yeah, enough yeah, in yeah, cinema. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, some, some good strong... Meryl Streep, has she made an appearance yet? You know what? Leave Meryl out. Leave Meryl out. She doesn't deserve any more airtime. Um, Brenda Bleven, of course. Mm -hmm. so they're, all, they're, all kind of, they're all kind of homeless people living in Kabul City. And maybe Keanu Reeves again, just because he complained that he didn't have enough of a big role. I'm like, as oh, a security, he's a security guard from Woolworths. And he's like, no, that's my brother. Oh, I'm a plumber. Perfect. And are the little, do the little kind of houses, the, the cardboard box houses that everyone's living in? <laughs> and what is the music playing at this time? Um, no, we're getting into this because they have, um, of course, this is my first foray into the world of drug taking. Someone passes me, someone passes me a spliff for the first time. There's only one song which it can be. Strawberry Fields. You are listening to Elf's Tuesday Takeover, and that is me. Uh, we are doing my dream film. So this is when I interview someone and tell them with an unlimited budget, they get to make the film of their choice, their dream film, the film that they always wanted to make and never were able to. We have the lovely Johnny Roo, Woo, Johnny Woo in the room. Yes, I'm is, here. His film is <laughs> My Dad is an Elvis Presley impersonator. So far the cast includes Eddie Redmayne playing Johnny himself, yes. Alison Steadman playing Johnny's mum, Timothy Spall as Johnny's dad, Jennifer for Lawrence as Johnny's sister, Lou Frigno as Johnny's lover, Keanu Reeves playing a multiple of cameo parts, and Leslie Manville, Br Marlon Brando, and Danny DeVito. As kindly tramps. As kindly But I'm tramps. just kind of thinking how the last song comes in, and Jimmy Mystery, mm -hmm. you know Jimmy Mystery, kind of like, um, I think he's like half Asian, Asian. Anyway, he was a friend of mine at, um, when I was at university. Anyway, he is also one of these um, kind of like people who live in Kabul City. And he's given me this um, strange, strange drug from the, from wherever he's got it. It's probably just Spliff. But I, get, I go and get stoned and it turns into Strawberry Fields, which is a bit Bollywood, as we suggested. Mm -hmm. So Jimmy kind of like is my portal into this weird kind of Bollywood um, fantasy there. Yeah. Which also leads into, you know, hints about your life, Johnny, because you do a variety of different performances and performance styles. A variety you're from of your, different you know, performance styles. The style. night at the musicals, yes. your un variety, your un what's it un called? Unroyal variety. Your unroyal variety. Yeah. You know, you are uh, a chameleon when it comes to performing in different genres. Yeah. So I'm kind of so I don't know what's happening. I've sort of kind of found, um, found myself, and maybe now we are actively going into the zone of trying to find my real dad. So this is, I suppose, in my head, this is the Billy Elliot moment when he meets. 
his dance teacher and he's suddenly starting to learn about himself. You're in this cardboard city with these lovely characters. Yes. You've had this spliff. Yes. You've had this dream sequence yes. to Strawberry Fields. And you go, no, now actually the fun's happened. I've got a job to do. Yes. Now, now, on the hun- now we do the actual hunting of um, who, how am I going to find, how am I going to find him? Because you can't drive because, no, you know, there aren't drive. any roundabouts in London. I, was a t- I hadn't passed my test. So you're having to walk everywhere, maybe, you know, you're putting your thumbs out to jump in random cars. Oh, ma- yes, Keanu yes. Keanu drives all of the cars because he's still insisting that he and has a, a little bit ma- And he's a bit matrixy. Yeah. He's a little bit, yeah, there's a little bit of the matrix. So maybe we go back into this driving, so we, go, we go back to, and maybe I try, and this is what, this is, we can pull in this kind of weird thing as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is something I used to do in Birmingham. And when I got very drunk um, in Birmingham, this was a few years later, I used to go down Hurst Street and flag down cars and get in them and go and shag men wow so i think we go into that territory now and we go into that and it's not soliciting because no, there was, no, it was just cars drunk and just down once i got chased by the police we've lived such <clears throat> different lives but i think this i think this, this ha- kind of happens here <laughs> this kind of happens here i want I, this film to be commissioned i really <clears throat> hope someone is listening maybe weirdly, pass this on to mike lee maybe weirdly and i don't really want to go into this territory but maybe there is some quarter sort of weird sort of seeking out sexual father figure I mean, it happens. It happens. It's part uh, of the gay who narrative. Who doesn't want to have sex with their dad? Ooh. Come on. It's part, of the, it's part of the gay narrative. And I used to kind of fancy Elvis Presley anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, so, who so, doesn't? Look at him. So I weirdly, yeah. And it, that picture of him on the um, G.I. Blues album was mm-hmm. such a hottie. It's horrible when you got older. Um, and Died on the toilet. Died on the toilet. That's my one useful fact. I, mean, I think he shagged a 14-year-old, didn't he? I mean, come on, anyone, Anyone before 1980 seems to have shagged a teenager. That one's not come out yet. Allegedly. We need to say that he allegedly had sex with an underage person, just in case the... How old was Priscilla Presley when they got together? I don't know. Just saying. Just saying. Okay, anyway. (laughs) Think think about that, guys. But anyway, but in this film, I'm obviously not that young. I'm actually of kind of um, over 16. And because I've already had kind of Lou Ferrigno. And now um, I think, I think um, I've somehow kind of like maybe flagged down some car because I've become a bit of a prostitute. Become a prostitute. No, you know what? I think maybe not... You're just sort of having a crazy time and you maybe because you're young. You know that period of time when we all go around and we're sort of sexing it about and we don't really realise how don't know what you, How dare you? No, but you were sexing about and we're thinking, <laughs> oh, I'm so sexual and so liberated. I'm like that person in all those films, but really you're just very tired. I'm very tired. I'm very sad. And I've kind of... Bef- and I land up... I land up... Um, on Shoreditch High Street. You land up on and I'm walking, High And I'm walking alone on, up Shoreditch High Street to... Um, Hot So Blue by Erasure. Hot So Blue. Yeah, I'm kind of like right. I'm left on my own. And but we've got we've got and during this song there are cutbacks to my mum and dad and going it, it goes a bit South Pacific in terms of their, how they used to just change colour. The whole screen used to go red mm-hmm. or blue or something. It's a bit like that. And we get cutbacks now to my mum, my mum making kind of like a cod and parsley sauce boil in the bag, um, maybe kind of colouring her, changing her hair colour. We go but we go to my dad who's kind of like all oh, tinkering around in the in the shed is lathe or something and then we've got my sister she doesn't care she's busy she's got your job at Woolworths Lou Frigno is probably kind of like jacking off to pictures of me or something that he took on his podium so again this is sort of a series of different vignettes absolutely all set to um Erasure's heart so blue. No. We don't have to play it all. Just we can just have a little. We did f- just play a tiny clip there, but did we? I didn't even hear it. Do you want me to play it again? Yeah, go on. I need to hear so it. So for the listeners again, just without Johnny's beautiful yeah, sultry on. tones oh, over yes. the top. 
And just to clarify for anyone who was listening before, um, Priscilla was 21 when she married Elvis and he was 10 years older. So Elvis... When you, they got you, married. When they got married. I think they got together a little bit earlier than that. Allegedly. But I don't know. So, I might have made that up. Someone else told me that. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing like a rumour. There's nothing like a rumour. I've said some terrible things on um, before on kind of radio and TV, so it doesn't really matter. I was yeah. wishing the Queen to be dead the other day. So then, you know, there goes my MBE. So, because I love a fabulous funeral. Anyway, so, now, Elton I'm on Shoreditch High Street. I don't know how I've got there, but I know that on Shoreditch High Street there used to be an Elvis Presley impersonator store. Mm-hmm. They did, the memorabilia, Elvis Presley memorabilia store. And for some reason I'm in it. For some reason I've landed up in it. And then I noticed this kind of, this kind of like, sort of, sound, kind of like, oh, like this, looks like a bit Elvis Presley. And he's playing all this Elvis Presley music. And I kind of, there's a bit of a family resemblance. It's played by me. Played by real life, Johnny. It's played Lee. by me. I'm actually playing. Oh my God, the man who Eddie Redmond remember as me is looking to be his dad. Oh my God, that's actually kind of like so weird, isn't it? But it's so poignant. It's actually quite deeply poignant. And, and also, it's a lovely little Easter egg for those oh. watching the film. They go, wait a minute, that's Johnny Woo. The film that, you know, the book's based on. Like when M. Night Shyamalan appears in loads of his films. And or for Hitchcock. S- and for some reason, I get this, um, I have this kind of thing. I'm like, God, that's my dad. And I've actually found him and he's an Elvis Presley impersonator. And how do you feel? I don't know. But and always maybe the camera is very slow at this point, just looking on Eddie's face as he realises, is this what I want? Studying the face. But I think, I think maybe there's a picture of... Um, I think the truth is also that he actually doesn't want anything to do with me. No. Why not? Because I think in real life as well, he didn't kind of keep in contact with us and I think um, he wasn't a very nice person. So we sort of see that that slight hint yeah, of the this darkness. Yeah, like, this is quite. This is the darkness of the. This is the darkness of the Mike Lee film coming out now. This is properly dark. Like at the sad. end of, uh, of a, um, a year when we see Leslie Manville's character is actually really dealing with alcoholism. We think it's just. A I cheerful, love that. Fun. That's so good. It's a beautiful, fun film about love at the beginning, and then you realise it's you actually realize all about. It's all about Leslie Manville's alcoholism. Yeah, that's fantastic, isn't it's it? A bit, a bit, it's heartbreaking. It's like in Fleabag when you realise it's Fleabag's all about sex addiction. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? You you're think, like, oh, oh, the God, humor, this is about. funny, this is funny, and then, you, oh, wait and a minute. And she's saying, you're like, oh, you're a sex addict. Well, that's how I read it mm-hmm. when I saw the play. And it's like, also like the guinea pig. At the beginning, you watch it, guinea pigs are not lone animals. They have to have other partners, otherwise they die of loneliness. So in some ways, the fact she has this lone guinea pig in her shop is a symbol of the fact she's just looking for affection. God, she's looking for another partner. Didn't even know that. Yeah. It's another layer. Okay, so we've gone to the real time. It's okay, we're looking and I don't know how maybe 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 it's kind of quite this this is this is the moment in the film where everything kind of falls apart as in Mike Lee plays. Everything's been fine and fun and all kind of wild and then this is in real time. Um and um well always on my mind is a song I think we should play. But I think we should probably should have probably chosen house rock or something but always on, on no, your mind we'll have always to do on it. my mind is beautiful because we can just watch you slowly walking home through cardboard city and leslie manville says are you okay but and you know what i think too i think i walk all the way home to kent yeah i just keep so, walking listeners imagine and a young take, eddie redmayne it takes it took an hour and a half on the train back in those days He's so imagine how long that would take to walk about 15 hours at least at least 15 hours at a light to jog. walk to walk all the way to walk all to the way to Ken all the way from Shoreditch High Street to who to who in what year 1980 bumfuck 1980 so you know and that's also like Shoreditch wasn't the nicest around then 
Whilst I'm doing this walk home, I have all these kind of weird kind of like flashbacks to all these times when I think about him. Then I think about my kind of like my dad, who is my dad. And then we kind of come to I'm like, oh, my God, like and it all becomes very Wizard of Oz. And it's like there's no place like home. Always on my mind is playing. And as the song fades out, we watch young Johnny come through the door dilapidated and tired. Absolutely dilapidated because I've walked all the way from London to Kent, which has taken me forever. I feel like, I feel terrible. I look awful. And it's I'm, probably 6.30 in the morning. It's a really weird time when you like come this, home. Something like that. And this kind of, the music's still playing and kind of like, um, everyone rushes out and kind of like, because, because it's England, because it's Medway, because it's Gators, nobody's really that affectionate. Um, and it's been like, oh, where have you been? Even though I've been gone like, three months or something um <laughs> something weird like that and everyone's crying i'm like oh and realizing or something um and so that's the that's the moment when it's all kind of really sad and and my dad says where have you been and i'm like oh just i just popped that one out and i don't tell him there always seems to be a moment in those films where suddenly someone will just suddenly talk about something completely it seems so benign like someone related going what i find interesting about tulips is and then i'll talk about tulips for two minutes my dad has totally just done that it's completely poignant yeah and it's something actually that's saying a lot more about their own relationships and steam maybe he's talking about the birds and the way they migrate no i think he's just laid a gravel path he's laid a gravel path and i'm like oh what's that crunchy on the foot oh that's the gravel path oh so anyway so that's so but so everything so for, for a minute there's like high emotion and i'm just dilapidated my sister's kind of like oh hello oh jonathan where you been that's all she says. That's Jennifer Lawrence. That's Jennifer Lawrence. And She's really Alice had a very minimal role. Yeah, she comes back now. She's a big, she has a big bit now. Um, and there might have been loads of people I met on the way down Meryl Streep. I think I keep bumping into people. She's, she's in it. And Keanu Reeves. Keanu He's now Reeves. going out with your sister. He kept being different. Yes. And they're moving in together. Local drug dealer. Local drug dealer. Yeah. Him and Jennifer Lawrence. Maybe Jennifer's pregnant. Your sister. Yeah. You come back and you're like, wait. Something feels weird. You hug her and then you realise she's got a bump. I mean, I've only been gone three months. Well, you know, first the trimester. Time fr- the time frame's gone all a bit, a bit weird. It's just that, that, that Elvis Presley always in my mind. Everyone just tripped out. Tripped yeah, maybe out, it walking took you home, a month thinking, to walk lots home. of flashbacks, Woolworths, um, Olivia Coleman, all these kind of people in it. Okay, we're at the end, of, we're coming to the end of the film, a big scene, gone back to normal. I am kind of like me and my sister. I'm like, oh, listen, my sister's like, mum's like, oh, Eurovision's on. And of course, that's my favourite thing ever, even though we didn't allude to that in the film, but it doesn't matter. Um, and then I'm going to watch Eurovision. And so Eurovision's on, and I'm going to, because um, my, I often act out songs that I think should be in Eurovision, even though it's not of the time. So we are going to play that song in just a second. But as the kind of the little thing, just to kind of think, make everyone think, oh, we've all moved on and everything's fine. My dad just comes in and goes, oh, 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 do you want to do you want to join a driving lesson? And I'm like, well, um, no, I think I'm all right, Dad. And he goes, um, well, I've just got you this phone number for a driving school. And I'm like, thanks, Dad. Come watching Eurovision. And he goes, all right. And then you can hear him walking on his gravel path. And then uh, me and my and then I'm like to my sister, okay, right, this is the routine. And even though it's not in Eurovision and it's not from the time, I think it'd be really good as a Eurovision song. And we're just about to play that in one second. But before we do, Johnny. Yeah. Do you have anything you'd like to promote to the listeners? Do you have any <laughs> social media? Johnny was all-star Brexit cabaret at the Soho Theatre from the last week in May and the first week in June. 
Go and see that guy. Yeah, that's on. Come and see this, and and, if and you anything want, at the glory, anything at the glory. Come see any, yeah, the glory, which is just one of the most important places in London, really. And me and Gatto are in Norwich and Brighton doing musicals this week. So go and find Johnny Woo. Give <laughs> All him, over you the know, place. If anyone knows Mike Lee, obviously tell him about tell this him film. Tell him about that. If anyone knows where Peter Hook is, the first man over shag, so I'm just interested to see him again. So well, on that note, in the callback to the opening shots of the film where you and your sister dance to shout to the top the Star Council, this time you, the adult, the one in charge, you teach your sister the dance routine to the Eurostar winning... But what happens is, what happens is, what happens is, <laughs> what happens is, is that... You, it's first it's Eddie Rabbit, Redemamay, Endy Mama, eating Endy Mama beans maybe, um, doing doing the dance routine to my sister, but then it goes into the TV screen and it's actually me as Kylie Minogue performing All the Lovers winning Eurovision for the UK. Fubar Radio presents... We are joined now by Caroline Sheen. Hello, Caroline. Well, can I talk about 9 to 5, the musical? No, I was watching that, that Dolly Parton was there. And, and they, they, Dolly was there was quite a, big, a big reveal of her on the yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah. It, was ace. it just felt exciting, even though I'm, I don't know much about Dolly Parton. That yeah. I still felt the excitement of that. She's an absolute legend. I mean, that woman, she came over for like three or four days to promote the show. Yeah. And then the next day was our opening night and she came on stage and spoke to everyone. And then she came off in the wings with the three of us girls and she wasn't with her like security people and so right. she could speak really freely to us and she was so lovely. And she was just real. And she's like, I want to come see it again, but without all these people. Every Monday. Ian Bolsworth. From 4pm. FUBAR Radio. No fly-ons on FUBAR Radio. Hello again, it's Elf. I um, had a really quick toilet break and we've got lovely Phil Elias so if you're just tuning in now uh, this is my Tuesday takeover so I'm in charge and basically we are doing uh, so you know Desert Island Discs but imagine if you got to do that with cinema because they say everyone's got one great book in them but I think everyone's got one dream film I think if everybody had the opportunity and the funds to make a film they could and they do a fantastic job because let's uh, be fair there are some films that we see at the cinema and we go why has that been put on so I'm interviewing some of the most interesting and inspirational people I know and asking them that if they had an unlimited budget, what film would they make? And in front of me, I have the lovely Phil Ellis. He's sort of a long, beautiful, mm-hmm. Roald Dahl-esque oh creature <laughs> of <laughs> comedic revelry yeah. and um, unique talents, I'm going to say. It means unbookable. I'm buckable. I'm just going to put a beautiful <laughs> song that really reminds me of you on in the background really? as we talk a bit more. Have you ever you oh. a fan of Alfred Hitchcock? I certainly am. This is uh, one and of his famous background tracks. Yeah, it, well, is it Psycho? It is Psycho. <laughs> Thank you. Cheers. No, it's a compliment. <laughs> no, it's, it's good. That's, that's what I have on my CV. <laughs> my How discri- have you been, Phil? I've been very uh, sad. Uh, so, no, I'm joking. Uh, I'm all right, I think. Mm-hmm. Just uh, travelled down from the north. From the north? So, from the north, yeah. Manchester? I had to go and guard the wall. Uh, yeah, Preston. Was it fun? Did you have a lovely time? You'll never have a good time in Preston, although we don't have the <laughs> biggest bus station in Europe. You're welcome. Well, uh, uh, yeah. this hopefully will be more joyful than your time in Preston. Wonderful. Um, for the listeners who've never met you before, <clears> what <throat> is a skill of yours that you never get to tell people about that you're really, really impressed and proud of? Ghosting. Ghosting. No, I'm joking. Uh, uh, <laughs> very good at 
Well, skill? Well, this is, I think the problem with being a comedian is you have no transferable skills. So there's really? nothing that would be particularly useful in life. But, you know, let me think. Oh, I didn't know this. Oh, well, you know, I don't think it. I have I like any skills. People. You do have some skills. No, I, I will say for Phil, when I was in hospital in October when I wasn't very well, Phil came and visited me and tried with so much enthusiasm, but not much success of trying to get morphine off the nurses. That's the only reason I went, in all honesty. I've in been waiting for that in yeah. for ages. Yeah, and hydrocodone, which again she wasn't keen on. But then she said she found out we were comedians and asked if we could recommend any good comedy nights, which she subsequently never came to. So yeah, well, I, 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 there's loads as well, guys. Get out there and support live comedy. Is there any that you really want to uh, big up at the moment? Any shows that you're doing? Uh, that I'm doing? Yeah. Oh God, no. I've done a. I've just done a run of five gigs in a row, so I'm a bit. Uh, I don't know what gigs. London-wise, obviously. All over. Frog and Bucket's my favourite comedy venue. Phil's just happy to get out of the house, aren't you? Just happy to put some headphones on, have a cup of tea. He's brought me a chocolate bar, dairy milk. You just want to talk about some sweet, sweet music. Yeah, you know, but I mean, yeah, because comedy doesn't define me as a person. What? No, 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 no. You're not just a comedian. I'm more about my music. (laughs) Been working on that in my shed. You're working on your little album. Mm. Your jazz. I don't even have a shed. Don't know why I said that. Uh, Used to have a shed, but. So if you anyway. had to, if there was a film about your life, who do you think would play you? Uh, Mariella Frostrop. Mariella Frostrop. You said that with so much conviction, you've clearly thought about this. And you know what? I can't even picture what she looks like. It's just a good name, isn't it? It is a beautiful name. And she'd play you in drag? No, no, no. As, as she is. As she is. Is she alive? Why don't you, why don't you text in? If Let us know if Mariella Frostrop's still alive. And also, who is she? Because the name just came to me. <laughs> Can't for the life of me think who the hell she is. <laughs> the, well, the beautiful thing about your film, Phil, which you're about yes. to take us through, is that because of your budget, there is so much money for this. Um, any actors who are currently passed away, we can chirogenically, chiro- mm. using science, bring them back from the grave. <laughs> hey, stop all this technical jargon. So if you want James Stewart to be in it, he can be. If you want Alfred Hitchcock to, you know, just have a tiny cameo, he can be. We've got a picture oh, oh, of there's Mariela. <laughs> Mariela. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I used to she re- looks like everyone's friend's mum. Like oh. the one that always has the nicest food in the lunchbox. She was really cool. Like in the 90s, she was a very cool kind of... Uh, very sort of um, a Norwegian, Scottish journalist and presenter, known in British television and radio, mainly for arts programmes. She had a very nice little kind of frosty. So no one better really to to play me. Play you, I would. Hmm. I feel maybe. Um, Who do you think would play me? I want to say Egon Schiel, but I know he's oh. not an actor. But I think it's just because you look like one of his paintings. Oh God. Slash Lemony Snicket, and I say this with everyone, love. Yes, everyone says the, the, the well, Jim Carrey, with the, he's not called Lemony Snicket, is he? But it's Baron something. Um, oh, yeah, Uncle um, Fest. No, it's not Uncle Fest. I Baron, don't. So, but basically, I'm, I'm a balding man, okay, for the listeners. I'm, I'm a receding man. You're and not a balding man, you're pointed. You're sort of Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, you there's were a the, picture. You were, <laughs> <laughs> you were the pumpkin king. That's who you I are. I am a bit, yeah. But in I'm a leather jacket. Gangly. And a big fan of the Megabus. But anyway, we need to crack on with this film. Sorry. So, don't apologise. Safe space. You're the first person to tell me not never to apologise. Never to apologise. Be proud of Thank who you are. Thank you for are. not fencing me now. <laughs> so, you sent me your soundtrack, which I have listened to repeatedly, and yes. I absolutely love it. Um, it also made me feel very depressed. Yeah. Um, which I think, again, shows the power of music. Yeah. Now, <laughs> tell me about this film. What is, the, who, what is this film about? 
This film is about one man's journey through uh, uh, love, loss, uh, credit card bills, and uh, his dream of becoming the Northwest's greatest whittler. Whittler? What's a whittler? It's when you just sort of whittle wood (laughs) with a knife. So it's about small goals, but, you know, big journeys. In some ways, is it uh, like, again, Johnny was talking about Mike Lee. Are you a big Mike Lee fan? Massive Mike Lee fan. Probably my favourite of all the directors, yeah. What's your favourite film of his? Um, I think there's... Well, to be honest, Elf, there's too many to mention. But Mm -hmm. Meantime is one of my favourites, which was an early, I think, 1983 uh, TV film with Gary Oldman in it, Mm -hmm. Tim Roth. Alfred Molina. Uh, it's wonderful. I mean, it's grim as hell, but, you know, isn't life. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't always have to be jolly, jolly, jolly. Exactly. But it's about when it resonates, because we all struggle. We do struggle, and it's Mental Health Awareness Week, isn't it? Yeah, and it's about small achievements as well. You know, sometimes just the small things, as I always find with his films as well, when you watch them, it's about the everyday life. Yeah. Just, you know, putting one foot in front of the other. Exactly. Are you a big fan of uh, Ken Loach or uh, I Shane Meadows? I do like Meadows? Ken Loach, but do you know, the pro- oh, do you know what? I, Shane Meadows as well. They're brilliant. Okay, I'm not going to... But... Uh, I'm a, And Ken Loach is brilliant, okay? But with Shane Meadows, right, I get it that you're trying to get real people in your films, but I'd much rather see a good actor. I don't want to see some bloke who's got the Nottingham accent trifling around because you saw him on doing a wheelie once on an estate. Can't app, mate. They're rubbish. <laughs> They're really rubbish. It's like I was See, he this discovered Paddy Considine really? in a room for Romeo well, Brass. So for me, Shane will always be top, well, good. top dog. Uh, yeah, well, I know. If you stick your fucking hand in enough used needles, you're going to find one with the virus. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that meant. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't think of a good analogy. But I, I mean, it, I think maybe it's a line from the film that we'll come back later. Yeah. yeah. So is this in the style of a kitchen sink drama? Is this gritty realism? Is this a one hand camera type of thing? Yeah. Is this a big cast and big crew? Who are the stars? Who is Who? the lead actor? Okay, well, my lead actor uh, is going to be uh, uh, Anthony Newley. Anthony Newley, fantastic. And what's the name of the character he's playing? Old Pip. Old Pip. And Old Pip is Old Pip, the man that he wants to become the whittler. Yes. Okay. <laughs> did you did you do any thought or pro you know thought processed about this radio show when I emailed you a month ago? Not going to lie to you, Elf done no work on this. Okay, well that's absolutely fine. <laughs> We're a team. But so, I reckon we can get through it. Old Anthony Pip. Newley is Old Pip. Anthony Newley is Old Pip. And he basically plays me. Okay. Uh, Mariella's been dropped. Okay, Mariella, she's busy. You know, like, sure, the budget is unlimited for this, but she's she's got an arts programme to do. I get her as a runner. Yeah, she'll come in, maybe as an intern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cameo role at some point. Her choice. Maybe she does the voiceover. Maybe there's a narrative. She could do. Maybe the voice, you know, telling us in the first scene. I mean, I'm going to be creaming most of the money off the top. Mm -hmm. Anyway, you know, on just my life, so. It's good to know that you're just in it for the art. Yeah, yeah, of course I am. I mean, I'm definitely not in comedy for the money because I'm skinned. So what is the opening shot? Um, you, you've sent me your the first track shot. for the film. Yes. Uh, which is the uh, absolutely cult uh, atmosphere by Joy Division, if yes. I'm correct. And what is happening when we, we've got a small tr- clip of this beautiful song, if you've not heard it, okay. do. But uh, what happens in this part of the film? Shall I explain it over the top? No, would you tell us? And then we'll okay, as, as the music plays... We see 
the biggest bus station in Europe, in Preston, with its beautiful concrete contours and things, and it rises above all the way up the bus st station to the top, where old Pip is stood, arms outstretched, with all of Preston ahead of him. There's a big B&M bargains in front of it, so that's like probably the first shop you'll see. And uh, and he just he stood there as if he's going to jump, and he goes ah. That's the opening. So we think it's going to be a suicide shot? We think so. But it turns out, because you can't see the front, he's actually got a fishing rod in his other hand. Mm -hmm. And he's, uh, he's stealing people's wallets. He's stealing people. So it's a beautiful <coughs> pullback and reveal. We think what yeah. we're going to have is a really gritty, dark drama, British yeah. drama. And actually, there's a comedy. There's light to it. There is. And he's got his knob out. <laughs> <laughs> just you don't Why? see that from the back. You don't see that. Is that an Easter egg for the viewers, yeah, or is yeah. this one of those things that he's the actor does? I think the actor it's does. It's not yeah. actually put in the shot, and then when you go on IMDb, it tells you the random facts yeah, about yeah. the making of the film. It says, "Oh, did you know that Anthony Newley refused to put his genitals away throughout yeah. the whole shooting of the film?" Exactly, my Anthony. I don't think we really. I think we could do with the old. Old Pip in his pants in this scene, but he's like, no, no, no. So we have to like place a vase in the way because he's he's method, and this yeah, is the yeah. only way he really gets to become one with the role. Exactly. Well, he knew that old Pip was that kind of guy, so he's just you know. And what happens in the next scene? Well, he gets a bus. Mm -hmm. where, <laughs> does the, where does the bus go to? Well, I mean, if you're if you're going to get a bus from the biggest bus station in Europe, my God, your choices are vast. You can so, go anywhere, really. So where would he go? Manchester. <laughs> Just so to Manchester. Manchester. Now, and, and traditionally, most films there is a quest. You know, there's yes. a sort of a five act, you know, or three act, depending whether it's a heist, a romance, mm. etc. So, old Pip, he wants to become a wee a weaver, a whittler, a whittler. I might change that. <laughs> well, you know, it's really limiting the plot. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? It's your film. I don't know. He wants to open. All a... Ariel wanted to do is just have legs and walk on land, and look how successful that oh, yeah. went. Well, do you know what I get told a lot, actually, when, I, when I, if I'm writing anything, I keep getting told there's not enough jeopardy in it. What's the jeopardy? What does Phil want? How about old Pip's being told he's going to die? Ooh. Is that too dark? Maybe. But, 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 but I hear you, like a doctor or just someone in a booth in Blackpool. The voice of um, God. No, maybe someone in, a in Blackpool. He goes into one of those tarot card reading shops. Oh, yeah. Or into a confession booth, and he thinks he's chatting to a priest, and actually it's some drunk man who's snuck in and he tells him... You are going Your to die. Your film sounds a lot better than mine. No, just well, a bloke like, with a stick. Look, I'm <laughs> just the assistant dramaturg. Occasionally, I'm going to come in and give you a few little tips. You know, that's all I can do. I've got it. Right, forget Whitlin. Okay. It's the nineties, isn't it? Britpop's at its height. Mm -hmm. Sarah Cox drinks pints. It's the mid nineties. <laughs> it's not just the nineties. It's the mid nineties. Exactly. The absolute ultimate nineties. Old Pip, played by Cockney, is going to go to Manchester. <laughs> Mm -hmm. To become the greatest scratch master, that no, 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 uh, uh, a band uh, become the greatest band ever and find a wife. There you find go. a wife and become the greatest band ever. So he's yeah. he's fed up of his time in Preston. He's fed up of just sitting on the top of this bus stop trying to yeah, fish yeah, other yeah. people's wallets. He wouldn't be. And so he puts on his favourite track. 
Yeah. He gets on the bus and he goes, I am going to Manchester. And he's got his lute in his back. He's got his ukulele. Yeah. He's got his drums. He's got he's a got, pie. He's got his pie. He's got everything he needs. He's got a dog. He doesn't know who it is. But it he was... doesn't. He stole it with the fishing rod. He's yeah, got old yeah. Pip. It's a slightly surrealist film. It's becoming more like Delicatessen now, I feel. Oh, it's kooky, isn't it? It's kooky. It's a bit like uh, Amelie. Yeah, All yeah, the yeah. character's slightly heightened. And what track does he put on as he tra- and puts on, on his cassette player? He puts on Listen Up by Oasis. Which we will put on now. Enjoy. And that was Listen Up by Oasis. Mm. So. <laughs> so I did that. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's how everyone's going to feel watching the film, eating their popcorn. Mm. Anthony newly plays old Pip slash yeah. Phil on his way to Manchester to find himself a wife. Uh, mm. Phil, for those who don't know who Anthony Newley is, do you know anything about him? Anthony Newley uh, was an amazing singer-songwriter. Uh, who a lot of people suggest because David Barry was a big fan mm-hmm. that Barry took his singing voice from Anthony Newley because he's like that and uh, he was brilliant. He wrote the uh, the soundtrack to Willy Wonka, the Gene Wilder film. He wrote the song Fever, Fever, oh, <laughs> and, uh, such a seductive song. Thank you. Oh, I didn't write when it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Where well, you kiss me? Uh, so he wrote Fever. He was married to Joan Collins. That's an achievement. I love Joan Collins, you know. She's the reason I wear sun cream in winter. Well, that's well, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I can tell. I saw You've got skin so pure and Do you know what? I think if fresh. it wasn't for the borderline alcoholism, I'd have perfect skin. I really I believe that too. Thanks. About the borderline alcoholism. Oh, yeah. There's more burst capillaries on my face than... Didn't he also, <laughs> Anthony, he played the... He, did he play the Upful Dodger in Oliver Twist? I, don't, I didn't know that. I don't think in the 60s one. I think in the, the black and white, the early, if there was an earlier one. Possibly. I, I don't think it was that one. It or maybe seems it was like on the type of, type of film that would be, be done multiple times. 1948, yes. That 1948, would be the one. yes, he did. And uh, he uh, had a sitcom, 1960, called the, I think it's called The Strange World of Gurney Slade, which is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It got cancelled after like two episodes, but they, they had to play out the other six. So by episode four. There's an episode where he's actually defending the sitcom in court with the public <laughs> and uh, and just telling them all that they're idiots and they don't understand because it's so weird and, and different to anything else that ever come out. And the very last shot is him looking at a poster of it just saying, well, it turns out the audiences didn't want something different. They just want the same old thing over and over again. It's, it's really quite ahead of its time. Perhaps um, that's something that we can pay reference to in your film. I think so. I think with uh, the fact you've got Anthony Newo chirogenically brought back from death to play exactly a young. How old is Pip in this film? Three. Phil. All right, he's sixteen. He's sixteen. Okay. So there might be a sex scene later. So it's, the, it's fine. Yeah, if he's three, <laughs> I do want to say fifteen in case you know. Yeah. He's six, and also he's got his knob out for the entire. He's got his knob out a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't want to make it one of those films. So he's sixteen. He arrives in Manchester. What happens yeah. next? Well, he's instantly mugged. Instantly mugged. Yeah, yeah, Everything's yeah. taken from him. The rod, the, the dog. The dog's gone as dog's well. dog's gone. So he's on his own. So it's like you're setting the audience up with this mm. one idea of what's going to happen, and then you're pulling it back from going, no. I am, yes. The narrative you thought was going to happen, this isn't that type of film. I like it. Look at this plot as if like it's a comedy gig of mine. Like, I go on and people expect comedy. And I do not give them that. And what actually happens is you attempt to hang yourself like once you once famously tried to do. Yes, and I did actually hang myself. <laughs> yes, I did uh, by mistake. Um, 
I poured a glass of wine over a man's head last night. It was really annoying me. But the thing is, let's get back on track to the film. <laughs> it's the good thing about this this show is you don't just learn about cinema, but you also learn about the inner mental states of the guests. Yes, and that's yes. what we want. We want an extra little bit of connection between the listener yeah, and yeah. the and the interviewee. I'm very interviewee, I'm a, I'm interviewer. A, yes. You, between you and Phil. Phil, yes. the inner you and the listener. I'm only closed emotionally <laughs> to the ones I love. <laughs> but to strangers over the radio, I'll give you everything. So whatever well, you want to know. that's what we want at FUBA. Why don't you text in? Ask me a question. Ask if you've got any <laughs> really questions for one. Phil, you know, what medications he's on, how many units of alcohol does he drink a week? You know, oh, what's, you his favorite, what's his favourite Oasis song? You just, just let us know. So anyway, he gets mugged. He gets mugged right off the bat. So he's down, he's got nothing. But he walks down the road and he sees a, 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 a bar mm-hmm. and it's uh, free to get in, right? He finds a pound on the floor. It's an, in Manchester, that's enough for a pint and a house, actually. <laughs> so he goes into the pub and there's a live act on, there's a singer, and, and he orders his half a pint because he probably can't get a pint for a quid. Got his half a pint and he's 16 as well. His liver's, you know, young and innocent. He's not going to be able to hold, handle a pint. Well, exactly. Then. But, you know, in Preston, you could drink from 14 when I was, you know. Okay. I mean, not legally, but no one really cared. Yeah. You know, kind of legends we were. So he's in the pub and he buys a half and he looks across the smoky, because you could smoke indoors then, looks across the smoky bar and sees the most beautiful woman he's ever seen in his life. And this song plays. Oh, sorry. Apologise for your beautiful singing voice. I used and to he sing looks that. And he falls madly in love. Find, falls madly in love with her. And what? And which actress is playing this girl? Mariella Fostrup. <laughs> Come on now, she can't play um, both of you. Oh, it'll be Joan Collins. It'll be uh, Joan Collins. Yeah. A young now, Joan uh, Collins. Oh, now. Yeah. Joan Collins is Pitle playing. Pip likes, likes the older lady. A young 16-year-old looks at Joan Collins from 2019. Yep. How old is she in 2019, Phil? Uh, well, I'd say she's ageless. Perfect. She's sort of an enigma, like being Barbarella, yeah. like a, a Joan Fonda. Jane Fonda and Barbarella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, like that. You look That's at Jane amazing. Fonda now and you still think of Barbarella and you go, you are the most sexy woman in the world. She's still a very sexy woman. She's phenomenal. Wonderful. I actually did a GCSE art piece where I made a made a giant life like huge painting of her. You still got it? <laughs> I do and I can have it. I really do. <laughs> of course you can. <laughs> for your payment for this show. Brilliant, I'll have to laminate it. So uh yeah. So <laughs> that song plays. He's a he's, I used to um sing Be My Baby to my ex mm-hmm. when she because I, I used to work night shifts a lot in the airbags factory because <laughs> I've always been a winner. Yeah. And then sometimes she would go to bed. And uh, some, only sometimes, and I'd sing that to her and stroke her hair until she went to sleep. And then I'd go downstairs and uh, you know watch a DVD or something. And, then, and this, I feel yeah. like this sort of so means a lot hints to me, towards song. what happens maybe with you and Joan Collins or Pip and Joan Collins. Does he make a move in this scene? Uh, he actually he does like the typical thing that you do in the playground, like you know when you fancy someone but you don't really want to tell them, so you you, pick, you do like you tease them. Yeah. So he chucks a glass at her. <laughs> <laughs> After he's finished his yeah, half yeah. pint. Because he thinks, well, I'm going to go the opposite way. I don't want him to know I like her. Yeah. So he attempts to glass <laughs> from a distance. And, okay. uh, and, the, and the glass smashes behind her. She goes, 
And do you know what? She respects him for it. She sees... She looks at him and says, you're going to have to aim better than that if you want to get him my oh attention. Oh, my God, yeah, that's brilliant. Something like Give that me the horn a bit. <laughs> <laughs> she looks at him and she, goes, and she finishes her double wine, yeah. puts it down on the table, and she double goes, this wine. is how you throw a beer. And then she gets the beer, and she just yeah, throws yeah. it, and it hits the centre point of the dartboard, smashes. Yeah. She goes, come with me, kid. I'll show you a good time. Oh, yeah, yeah. She goes, you cut that throwing glasses? Yeah, does that that you said that was brilliant, and then uh, yeah, yeah, and then she goes, "I live in the flat upstairs." She's she's from somewhere. Uh, I she's, live in the flat upstairs. I live in the flat upstairs. And I go, oh, oh, Pip goes, yeah, I ain't got no, I'm not got anywhere to live. Blah, blah, blah. What's a young boy like you doing in a bad place like this? Exactly, yeah, Manchester's yeah. a bad place for a young boy like you with just a fishing rod on yeah. your back. And she takes him upstairs. And she uses him like a second-hand Lilo. <laughs> Rips him apart. Rips him apart. <laughs> yeah. And, and what song is playing during that? <laughs> um, well, there's nothing playing during the, the next morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, as she's finishing another packet of Rothmans. Mm-hmm. She's smoking by the window. She's there in a dressing gown. Yeah. He expects maybe that, because he's young and naive, that this is true love. Exactly. And he wakes up and he looks down at his... <laughs> his penis is out, actually, for the <laughs> right, rightfully at this point, thank God, Anthony. He actually fits the scene. <laughs> in the fact, it's the one time he sheaves it. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Joan's in the window smoking. She goes, oh, I thought you'd never wake up. There you go. Oh, I've woken up in more ways than one, if you know what I mean. I've got an erection. And he ruins like the whole, you know, trying to be subtle. Because he's 16, he thinks it's funny, yeah, but yeah. he doesn't really understand. Yeah, and he's know. put like a pair of glasses on the end and goes, oh, look, it's her face. And then uh, and she Which, goes... Which, you know, pays homage again to the opening beginning of him stealing people's stuff with uh, his fishing rod. He's exactly. a comical, he's a slight eccentric. He's a cheeky know. chap. He's a cheeky chap. You don't see enough of them anymore with him. Nubs up. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's enough about the penises. Um, so, there he is. <laughs> and uh, she goes, I don't need no boy. I want a man. I want a man. You need to learn how to become one before you can call me back. Yeah, you want to stay with Roxy? You got to learn how to be a man. Uh, and then she, like, just turns away and he goes, but, but. And then she just, like, kicks him out. So now he's out on the streets, heartbroken. And then this song plays. And that was The First Cut is the Deepest by P.P. Arnold. And this is in the film, the dream film made by Phil Ellis. So far in your beautiful sort of, as it were, eccentric, surrealist kitchen sink drama, Mm -hmm. there are only two characters. Old Pip slash, you know, truly the inner life of Phil Ellis, played by Anthony Newley, who in this stage of the film, he is 16 years old. And the love interest is is Joan Collins, but (laughs) at the age, she is now (laughs) 85 years old. So, so far what we've seen is old Phil, old Pip, has, despite the fact he's only 16, but his nickname is Old, which suggests that though he may be young, he's he's seen a lot for a young boy on the streets. Yep. He's escaped to Manchester to form a band, find true love, and he, he thinks he's seen that with Joan Collins. Yeah, but she wants him to go away and become a man. Become a man. And she's also yeah. nameless, her character. Is there a name for Joan Collins? Roxy. Con- Roxy. Yeah. So Old Pip is in love with... Roxy, Roxy, who's taken his heart. Yes, yes, yes. And he's on the streets, and what happens next? So he's wandering around Manchester, (laughs) and he's got nothing to do, and he's he's got no money, 
And then uh, he sits on a bench in Piccadilly Gardens mm-hmm. before it was done up. So what was it like uh, then for those who went there in 1995? It, there were more trees and a lot more bad people. Bad people. Do you in mean the park. <laughs> muggers, drug addicts, drug... Yeah. Not saying drug addicts are bad people, but you know... No, they're not bad. Some Everyone of the places you would want to be as a little 16-year-old boy. Exactly. Yeah. So he's sat on this bench and he's a bit sad. And then he notices that someone's thrown quite a large part of a sausage roll for a pigeon. So then he goes, well, I, I des- I'm hungry. Why is that pigeon having half a sausage mm-hmm. roll? So he goes and starts wrestling with his pigeon to get the sausage roll. Which is also, I suppose, quite a funny s- yeah. you know, sequence of events. A beautiful shot. Yes. It becomes quite cult later on when the film starts getting reviewed and shown yeah, at Cannes. Yeah. This is the scene that they use for the teaser. Exactly. Finally, uh, a pigeon scene that reflects my life. You know, because mm-hmm. we've all had to wrestle with uh, with an animal for food. And it's a metaphor for for for, for life. Yes. For your for your state for your relationship with the comedy industry. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, your, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm the pigeon or the sausage roll in that. But, uh, yeah, and then this bloke just comes out of the bushes and goes, uh, All right, you off see you're a fan of sausage rolls. I've got one in this hedge. Do you want a full one? And old Pip's a bit like, yeah, all right then. And he goes in, but then realises the guy's a really big <laughs> band promoter. And he genuinely does have a sausage roll. He's not luring him in, as a... So it's almost a bit... What you've yeah. done here is you've subconsciously remade Great Expectations. Probably. But in a mid-90s Britpop way, and that this yeah. man, who he thinks is going to be the enemy, he's going to be dodgy, is yeah, actually yeah, yeah. going to become a great millionaire who's going to give him his fortune. Exactly, and he's got a bit Yeah, so yeah, so this guy's like... Uh, Why has he been in the bush all day, old Pip? Is he is he not a bit confused? Like, mate, I thought you were going to be weird and you yeah, were in the bush. And the guy's like, look, I've got an issue with drinking. No. I had a big night with a band. Yeah, no, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm more into my music, but on the weekdays I like to do amateur botany. He's an amateur botanist. And he makes gin. He Maybe? makes gin, yeah, he makes gin. <laughs> and uh, and he, he has a band, so he goes, I like your look, kid. And then he just takes him to a place and puts him in a band. And puts him in a band. And during this, maybe, is this a montage sequence, perhaps? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad that you did so much research for this. It's My a Tuesday monta- yeah, it's a montage. I said, Phil, He's I t- could have asked anyone to come and be a guest. He's I only t- get to have two guests in. Hey. I've picked you and Johnny Woo. I really look up to you, Phil. I know that you've put so much time into your work. Yes. You're always so well laundered. Thank you. You're so efficient with all the mega buses you pre-book for your gigs. Yeah. I know that you... And also, you were so adamant about the tracks you wanted for this. Very on the ball. Very on the ball with the tracks. Yes. But very off the pieced when it comes to the narrative arc which is why during this montage it's ironic because I'm very pieced (laughs) I'm joking I'm not he's not he's he's just drinking tea and he's pretty much demolished all the rocky road but during the oh no that was me but during this sequence this montage this track is played crying never did nobody no good no That's why I I don't cry That's why I 
And that was Crying Laughing Loving by La- uh, Crying Loving Laughing Lying from Lady Sifra. I think yeah. I've said that correctly. And so at that Beautiful moment, song. So, which is sort of more slow and tender for this montage. So he's it maybe is. finding a community. I think so. I mean, this song, I'll tell you why I chose this song, actually, mm-hmm. Alf, if you don't mind me going slightly off topic of no, this award winning film. You know, this is what this is about, Phil. Well, you see, I had a very brief period of having money a few years ago. And with that, I, put, uh, I rented a flat in Manchester, which was my dream flat that I looked out over the city and the canals. I once saw a man at 1.30am walk up, because all the geese used to sleep outside, Canadian geese. He was sort of hanging around. It's about 1.30. Now, you, can't, you don't go there unless you live there, because there's nothing else. You have to actually purposely go onto this little bit to get there. So he'd, he'd come out at 1.30 in the morning with the sole purpose of doing what he did, which was he stood, looked around, then kicked a goose into the canal. <laughs> well, what, what happens in your life that you feel the need to find a goose to kick? I partic- was saying that my, my ex-boyfriend had a phobia of geese, like an acute phobia of geese. And mm. every time he'd walk into a park where there was geese, he'd make me walk in front of him mm. because he thought if the geese attacked, I would be the first that they'd go for. In hindsight, I should yeah. have realised then that the relationship was never going to work. But exactly. at the time, I thought it was a really cute little you know quirk of mm. his. And now every time that when I start dating people now, I'm like, what phobias do you have? Interesting. Well, you, do you know what you should do is always uh, always do a first date near a goose and you can weigh them up then, can't Or just you? a flock of geese. Or maybe just mm. in the middle of a, sarar, a safari and just see You've how they react. All. Exactly. But you see, you, you won't get all the fit. I'm scared of sauce. So, I mean, that sauce? Sauce. Like tomato sauce? Yes. I have a fear of sauce. <clears throat> so... Uh, <laughs> Phil, no pip. <laughs> Who is playing the nameless sausage roll botoni- better, botanist um, music manager? Um, Mel Gibson, everyone's favourite mad racist. Is it Mel Gibson? No, I can't work with him. You couldn't work with This film is an impossible film to. I mean, you've spent most of the I budget thought you on. You said bring, I could do what I wanted. You can do what you want, but well, I mean, but you spent. Bloody Mel Gibson in. I mean, but Mel Gibson, you're going to really have to invest in PR to publicise this film to get people to come see it. And he's doing it with a Chinese accent. Now. <laughs> right, fine. Okay, right, I'll change that. You can't, for the listeners, you can't see my expression, but right now I look very, I'm trying to pull my best Maggie Listen, Smith my, slash my Trunchbull. If I want to make this awful film, no, I'm joking. If you want to make it a terrible film, you can by all means. Okay, right, okay, it's not Mel Gibson. Why don't you tweet in with a suggestion <laughs> for who could play? Um, what about Dave Dickinson? Dave Dickinson, okay. From Bargain Hunt. Okay. I mean, it, it does, I suppose it makes sense. What I really like about this film is you've not gone for the traditional, you've not picked, you know, the big, yeah. you've not gone for Olivia Colman, you've not gone for the Rachel Weisses, you've not gone for recent Oscar winners, yeah. you have gone for, I mean, uh, yeah. sort of golden oldies. Well, I mean, <laughs> thanks for noticing that, actually, because I did spend a lot of time thinking about this. and uh, One of the motifs of the film. Yes, and, and I just think it's very good to, to give... Because I don't like ageism in the entertainment business, which is a real problem, I think. Mm-hmm. Let's so talk I'm about trying the big to, issues. Yeah, well, I think we should. I don't think it's... And I, and I think particularly for females, I think it's, it, it is the, it, there's, a, uh, there's a prejudice there toward uh, yeah. using younger actresses in particular. For and I think it needs to stop. Yeah. 
We so need to cast only old actors, which I think is quite yes. right. Think there aren't enough films that are made predominantly about characters over their 50s, over their 60s. That has exactly. been in the recent in the last few years, but I feel like they're all sort of cheesy. They don't really... Yeah. People seem to think the moment you hit 50, you're old, which is so not... I remember once having to act in a play at university, and I was playing um, the mother... It was Festin, one mm. of the... Uh, a, a really Festin. dark film uh, and play, and I was playing the mother, and I remember the director turning to me going, well, remember, she's in her late 40s, so <laughs> she's probably not got her hips. She's probably what? had an operation. She probably doesn't... You know, she's going to be quite dowdy. And I was thinking... Most of my friends' mums slash comics I know are in their late 40s and are incredibly fashionable, yeah. incredibly healthy. What is this weird attitude we've got towards age? It's strange. My mum and dad are... My dad's 78, my mum's 69, and they're still quite... Uh, weird. Not cool, but, you know, they, 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 they don't dress like little... My mum hates old people, actually, weirdly. <laughs> the irony, but... Uh, she well, she, she kicks them like geese. Yeah, yeah. But she doesn't want... You know, she doesn't want to be that looked at, you know, as an old person. You forget, like, people, you know, like, people who are older than my parents, they were around during the punk era, you know, swinging 60s to the 70s. All, you know, they were the cool generation, the innovators of that time for a lot of the music that me and a lot of my friends listen to. I think everyone at home, if if you're listening, I mean, maybe not, not at home, maybe you're on the move. Just remember that your mum and dad are perverts. Don't forget that. They've done some filthy stuff to each other. Never forget that. Don't judge them. And so with that, um, going back to the film, so pervert. David Dickinson is playing the band manager. Yes. Crying, laughing, loving, lying. He has introduced old Pip into the world. Maybe taught him an interest, you know, taught him an instrument. And what happens next in the film? Well, he meets all his bandmates. Cosa. Uh, mm-hmm. Cosa. Bozza. Um... Cosa, Bozza, Loza, Loza, and uh, and Janine, and Janine, and they're the band, and they're yeah. sort of are they you know, proper noughties Blur esque yeah, band? Yeah. No, uh, no, not Blur. <laughs> Excuse me, it's in Manchester, mate. Blur. I don't know. Beg your pardon. What, what, what? Oasis. Oasis. Okay. They're an Oasis ripoff. Okay. But then they're doing so well on the Mirage. scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just, uh, they've just got long hair and the, the guitars. And, uh, 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 but the thing is, they're starting really well on the, on the second, and old Pip's introduced to drugs. Yes. Oh, dear. Yes. This is, the t- this is, I feel this is perhaps the crux. This is the dark part. Yeah, and then he's having a, 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 he's having a relationship with Janine, mm-hmm. but he can't stop thinking about, fuck, Roxy. <laughs> Roxy, and so the whole time during, is this a love sequence now? Is this him this taking loads of drugs, going between gig to the streets, on the bus? Everything's fucking, everything's really good. Sorry oh. for swearing. I'm not sure if we're allowed to. Are we allowed to swear? You are. I was we actually are told to swear. I was allowed to swear, and, and in fact, they actively encouraged me to, which I won't bow down to. Well, rules, I feel incredibly actually. naughty for swearing because that's not really my style, so I apologise for shocking people. Oh, I, I don't know. But anyway, he's doing a lot of the sexual intercourse, a lot of the drug, yeah, yeah. drug snorting. And this is the, the Janine giving him his first drug. <laughs> As you can tell from my uh, speaking, I know nothing about the drug world, sadly. But it, uh, maybe it's morphine that you tried to get off the nurse but failed. Hey, it's a good place to start, isn't it? I um, think at the age of thirty-seven, it's time I got into drugs. Well, why not? You've got nothing to lose. Exactly. Sound like that or bet no, Fred? Nothing to lose <laughs> except time. You've already lost the flat in Manchester. What more? I've lost everything. You've 
lost everything. Exactly. Get into drugs, Phil. And on that Except note, what is the track that is played whilst he gets his whilst he receives his first ever drug from Janine? Well, what else would it be? But Blondie Dreaming. That was Dreaming by Blondie. Mm. Drinking old Pip's uh, drug foray. Yeah. Drug foray? Drug, drug drugs. extravaganza. Dirty, dirty drugs. Uh, yeah, that's it. And then he wakes up mm-hmm. and he's like, ah, I don't want this anymore. Ah! It's like that bit in uh, Cocktail mm-hmm. when uh, he's, a, he's a toy. Uh, what, what do you call him? He's got like a. He's Tom Cruise going out with the older lady who's paying for everything. And then he realises that he's just like a piece of meat and he goes, Rah! And then he goes to see his Australian friend on the boat, but he's, his Australian friend's shot himself in the head. I've not it's seen like Cocktail, that. but I'm really. I'm, I don't need to watch it now. I love Tom Cruise. I think Tom Cruise is a fantastic actor. Also, that film with I the do. unicorn. The first film that legend. he did, legend. It, he's a legend. Also, I never. It, I think it gave me a real fetish for men who dress up as the devil. Tim oh, Curry. Tim Curry's sexy. Tim Curry in anything, like goodness gracious. Even Congo, me. he's good in. Oh, I just, I get quite siege. overwhelmed. I think Tim Curry and a young. I was trying to ethically work out how, when will it become inappropriate for me to still fancy. 18-year-old Christian Slater in Heathers because I remember mm. watching that when I was a teenager and going, I've never met anything more sexy than this creature. And now, I was, at the age of 27, I watch it going, he's younger than my brother's friends now. Is hey, it wrong? doesn't matter. I still fancy all the cast of Grange Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel bad about that. Okay, so we're coming to the, sort okay. of the final section of the film. Yeah, let's shut that down quick. Let's okay. shut that down quick. So we come to the final four hours of the film. You've got two tracks left. Okay, what happens He's lost next? himself. He doesn't know what he's doing anymore. He got everything he wanted. He's got this big band, but he's not happy. He's, he, he doesn't want this drug life anymore. Uh, and, and, and he just he, he hot wires a Ford Escort Mark IV, mm-hmm. electric blue, with motorsport stickers in the back. And, and he just starts driving. Yeah. He doesn't even know what direction he's driving in. And does he do this to the music of Enola Gray? Uh, Enola Gay, yes. Enola Gay, orchestral movements in the dark. Fantastic song. Great song, isn't it? We can only play a short clip, I'm afraid. But he steals the... Sh- uh, he steals mm-hmm. the car... Oh, that's easy for you to say. <laughs> he steals the car and hot wires it, runs away. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. escaping. He's overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah, he's going yeah. off the edge. Maybe his hair's grown. Maybe it's now played by a different actor. Everything's slightly unbelievable. Maybe yes. it's sort of... Have you seen Mandy, the recent horror film with Nicholas Cage? No, but I really want to. Oh, okay. At that moment, he halfway through, he just loses his mind. Yeah. And the colours go completely off the wall you're going wow. is this hallucinogenic is this real was he ever really 16 is this even set in yeah. Manchester and it's a is bit it and then manga huh? it goes manga it goes manga it suddenly goes into animation yeah and that's it yeah and he's just and he's back and driving down on this electric blue car and it's like uh, it's like Akira and all the straps coming off the back of the car uh, and uh, and uh, he's got no teeth He's lost all I his panicked, then. from from drug use. From drug use, yeah. Even though he's been on it for about a week. 
But the, in some ways, the speed that drugs hit you, like this in some way, is this the theme of the show, of the film? Well, again, I don't really know how quickly drugs hit you, but I had a Rennie before I came in, mm-hmm. and that, that was fast acting. I've, been, I've recently been given beta blockers by uh, my really? doctor, and they really had... I also took Nitol for the first time, and I normally always wake up at 7am at least to wow. start w- writing. Today I slept in till half ten, and I just... I don't... F- I feel very peculiar. Oh, really? I know, I just... It's, I, I've never... I've, I think it's from all the sleep I've had. Yeah, well, I don't... I try not to sleep. I try and get an hour a day. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie, you can tell. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah. I need more time for crying. Yeah, why not? You don't it's good to be in touch with your emotions yeah. constantly. Sleep eats into a lot of sad time. You're, you're like the living manifestation of the, of the artwork, the scream. I am, but I'm doing it on the inside. <laughs> we're doing it on the inside. So we're coming to the end of the film. Now, before we oh, come to the end, no. is there anything that you want to... Like, Phil, cause Do you I are, have to go out after this? Can I not hang around the office for a bit? Because well, I really can, don't have anywhere to go. I mean, we're not busy. We can teach you how to oh, use right. the equipment if you want. You know, Do you have a shower? Abby needs... <laughs> we've got a shower. That's good. Abby needs help. The intern's sick cool. today. So really? Can you make tea? I'm happy to do that for a bit of cat, you know, some spend money. Yeah, you do yeah. what you ever need. Like, it's absolutely fine. Cool. Yeah, you can help with some recycling paper when you take the compost bin down. Yeah, happy but, to do um, that. Have you got anything what? that's going on? Because, Phil, you are very funny. Thank you very much. I have got um, my, the second series of my radio, uh, BBC Radio 4 sitcom, is being recorded. Am I allowed to plug a different radio station? Uh, yeah, on. cool. Yeah. And what uh, was the first part of it? It's called, called Phil Ellis is Trying. Phil and Ellis it's, is Trying. And the first series is me, Johnny Vegas, uh, Lollio DeFopi. Uh, and uh, the new series is being recorded next week, which will be out on August the 12th. You can get the first series on iPlayer. But the second series has got the mo- some of the most amazing comedy heroes of mine in it as guest stars, which is um, I'm very excited about. So do We can't do announce that, but you told me pre- privately, and I can say it's very, very exciting. And yeah. if you get a chance to see Phil perform, he is anarchic. Oh, I'm but, crazy. Um, but now we're coming to the end of the show. Uh, we're coming to the end of my takeover to my dream yeah. films. If you like this, do tweet. <coughs> um, Fubar Radio and Elf Learns. Follow me on Instagram or come see me live. I'm, I'm okay. Well, you know, I'm what the time's called an ordeal. But anyway, final shot of She's the film. Great. We come to the end. He's driven the car yep. away. It's now in manga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it all settles down, and then he looks to a hill, and who, who do you reckon's on the bloody hill? Smoking a cigarette. Smoking a cigarette, making clouds. Is it Roxy? You bet your sweet ass it's Roxy. <laughs> and does she look at him and say, I see, boy, you have now turned into yeah. a man. I see a man before me. And that's it. And, and then, then she he just, parks the car. And he, they bang each other. And they have sex <laughs> because he's now a man and she is his a woman. woman. And do they yeah. bang in the car or on the hood of the car? Uh, they actually do it on top of some fly tip. And some fight it, but it's I'm an old note. fridge. And so I now want you to imagine Anthony Newley, Joan Collins making love on mm. a fly tip to this beautiful song, Telstar The Tornadoes. Thank you, Phyllis. You've been listening to a Fubar Radio podcast. For more information, go to fubarradio.com.